0: And bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, October 5th. So, uh, hey, we're in October, and uh, pretty nice weather we're having, so this is great. Hey, i got a great guest. I'm going to introduce him in a minute, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun talking to him. But a uh, couple of things I wanted to do right away, and uh, the first one is to say I'm really excited about doing tree hugger Bingo tonight for uh, Plant Amnesty, so uh, looking forward to seeing all of you there. And uh, we're giving away some really cool plants, so this is going to be a lot of fun. The other thing I wanted to do real quick, a a person called about walnut husk fly. And, uh, you know, it's something I didn't know a lot about, so I looked it up. It's a fruit fly. Gets into the husk of the walnut and they don't really attack till late in the summer. It's interesting, around August. The problem is they don't eat the nut, but they stain it. And it kind of uh, doesn't make them very appetizing and somebody want to know what can I do? They got a big walnut tree at their house. You're not gonna have someone spray that, you know. There are sprays for that, but they have to be time perfect. Usually you use traps to know when to spray the whole nine yards. So I could tell a homeowner is that uh, the ones that fall off that you could see that uh, because the husk is all damaged, you could see the ones that have the fruit fly in them, just pick them up and uh, stomp on them, do whatever you got to do to destroy them, send them out, and uh, you're probably better off throwing those into the garbage to tell the truth unless you can freeze them first or something like that to kill that uh, bug in there. And because uh, if the more you pick them up before the little uh, larva gets into the ground and makes a pupa underground, the better your chances are of not seeing more of them. And uh, this might take a couple years of doing that before you might get some more walnuts. So um, it's a shame, but uh, there's no easy answer to that the, the big walnut growers, they spray, but, you know, they're they're equipped to do that. You could try, it might help to try uh, nematodes in the ground. You could buy those. They're microscopic worms. You could put that, you know, put those on the soil, water them in, got to do it when it's shady out, when you put them down. They might get some of those uh, pupa cases and larvas in the ground, but that uh, didn't sound like that works very well for that, even though they can live for two years in a pupa case underground under your walnut. So holy cats, you know, that's a big problem. So um, basically, uh, you're burned. <laughs> so sorry, I wasn't much help on that. That's about the best I could do. Hey, um, all right, I want to introduce my guest right now. Is He's Lad Smith from In Harmony Landscapes, and uh, we've known each other a long, long time. lad. it's great to have you on the
1: show. It's an honor. Thanks again, Cisco, for having me on.
0: Well, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, it's your 25th anniversary of starting that company, and you were one of the first people, a real pioneer out there, that took the risk of trying to... uh, maintain landscapes sustainably back when nobody was doing that at all 25 years ago with spray first ask questions later you know
1: it was better chemistry through i mean better living through chemistry back then for yeah. sure you know so but i'll tell you one thing that hadn't changed in these 25 years is that you have been an inspiration for all those oh, gardeners out there cisco <laughs> that really have you know even when you really were an inspiration for me my business partner mark guile to um to try an IPM approach, you know what I mean? That it wasn't just coming out and spraying just because that's what everyone do- did and stuff like that. And uh, and we're even seeing the ramifications like where they've taken off Durazban and Diazinon off the market. Yeah. Where everybody everybody's put it down for crane fly for all those years. But yeah. we don't see crane fly problems much anymore. Hardly ever And them. those poisons were nasty to people and to water and to animals. And, and
0: killing the other <clears throat> insects that are probably controlling the crane fly. You correct,
1: know? correct. So they were taken off the market, you know what I mean? So really Really, better living through chemistry has not really gone the way that no, the chemists that were hoping.
0: And you have some really fun uh, blogs that you. Uh, you guys have done. And it's uh, so right on the front page of com is a link to In Harmony Landscapes. And you can go and see these uh, blogs. It seems like you're writing them for the 25th anniversary. Correct. Kind of Correct. looking back. and yeah, uh,
1: kind of a reflection of what's happened in the last 25 years of the changes that we have seen in horticulture and gardening.
0: And uh, the picture of the pesticide one just cracked me up. This woman in her sandals practically has no clothes on <laughs> out there spraying her lawn, you know, and it, with all these little things full of chemicals next door. It just killed me. But it was like that. Yes, it was.
1: People, and that's how the advertising was, too. You know, it was quick and easy, and don't worry about wearing anything protective-wise or anything yeah. like that. Just let the chemicals fly, baby.
0: Yeah, and even now, you know, they found Roundup there. You know, I don't know – how it's going to all work out, but they've definitely uh, found more health concerns related to that now over the last few years. Correct.
1: And I really think what we have found through these last 25 years, too, is that there's now been an emphasis put on soil health and plant health. You know what I mean? We're really, if we're focusing on those two issues and we're doing everything we can to have good soils, healthy soils, building healthy soils at all times, which is our main gardening practice and really trying to make sure we have right plants in the right place and we're taking oh, care yeah, of them well, so key. pests are minimum. Really, they're minimum after that, which means we can we, we don't have to use a lot of those products because now we have healthy plants out there, and uh, they're able to take care of yeah, themselves.
0: feed the soil, not Correct. the plant. That's, that's exactly you know, right. It's such a, a better thing. And, you know, I, I noticed that at Seattle U when I worked there that, you know, if we had a plant that always got a disease like a rose that just always got nailed with, you know, black spot or something, we yanked it. Yep. You know? Yep. I got rid of so many blue spruces Yep, Seattle You yep. Oh, my gosh. I hated those things.
1: <laughs> well, uh, that spruce aphid was devastating oh. on them. If it just hit it one year, all those needles fall all off, needles and then the fall. plant looks terrible. It looks you know? terrible for exactly. five years,
0: and then the bug comes back again.
1: Because <laughs> it oh. knows. It knows. <laughs> yeah, and
0: that bug, that aphid came in the middle of winter. Nobody yep. was looking for it, so we'd be out there freezing to death. And I tried to figure out all these different ways of dealing with it in an environmentally friendly way. That was not easy. Soap didn't do a thing. (laughs) You know, finally, oil I figured Mm -hmm. out. Horticultural oil worked really well. It did one little thing, though. Turned the blue spruce green. Correct. Took all the glauca off it all so the, that it was
1: a, it was a green plant now. All the administrators yeah. Administrators going, what happened? You know? It's but like your blue magic. But the came
0: back with a new growth. <laughs> it actually looked the best they ever did. I took credit for the whole thing. You know. <laughs>
1: That's what you do as a good gardener, right? When something works out right, when Mother Nature does well, you're just going, oh, yeah, it was me. Yeah, I'm, I'm in control. Some of the best
0: combinations in my garden are totally accidents. I like, go, oh, yeah, I thought about
1: that one for a long time. You know? That's why you use the man. So let's go. You can pull it off. You know what I mean? We all go, yep, that's Cisco. <laughs> so have you? how
0: do you feel? Have Are people uh, – Ideas about using pesticides changing or are you still running and a lot of people are going, wait a minute, I want you to spray these weeds or whatever?
1: Yeah, I th- there's always um, a mix, but we definitely see a lot more people now wanting to have um – more environmental practices happen at their homes and stuff like that. So with all the information out, and that was another thing that happened, too, was in the early 90s where the local government started coming out with these same messages, you know, about being kind to the environment. You know, stormwater runoff started becoming an issue for people now, and they were seeing all those chemicals running off of the stormwater runoff. So really, the local government, you know, with the um, King County hazardous waste and natural resources and all oh, those people.
0: I did ads for them. Those were the funnest ads I've they ever great. done in my life, like, One, I jumped in a grave that showed a different soil profile. (laughs) A grave? (laughs) Yeah, at six feet, I had to jump in. I'm like, I hope I'm young enough. How am I getting back out of here?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, hopefully it wasn't for you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: glad it wasn't. I'm glad he didn't start filling it in. That's all I know. But yeah, the government really went to bat and tried to help people learn that. you know, to improve their soil rather than, you know, put cast down down. Or... Correct,
1: correct. So there was huge messages, you know, the natural yard care program, the natural lawn oh, yeah, care program yeah. came you, out of you those You and things. I
0: both taught for that, I Yep, think. correct, yeah, yeah, yeah working with lot, those people. Yeah. And really,
1: that was like a Hall of Fame, all-star cast when you're talking, of the people who are putting that together, you know, the Doug Rices, the Net yeah, Fromms, the Lisa the, Niehouses. Doug,
0: Doug's teaching all kinds of courses over in Yakima yep, now. He yep, lives over
1: there. So. Yep, all these people kind of retired from public service with the government, <laughs> but they're still out there with the messages, yeah. you know, trying to get people to- Yeah, Lisa, you're right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Great, great people, great people to work with, you know, and they really came at a, at a critical time for making people to understand because when, you know, when businesses are putting out advertising or marketing, it's like, you know, that's what it is, advertising and marketing. That's yep. what their message is. But when the local government is taking these messages of just good soil, uh, health, taking care of our waterways, you know, taking care of children and stuff like that, then it's coming from a a public service point, and those messages really come hard and stuff like that. So they really helped out this whole industry on getting the consumer to now demand that they want environmental products going out there instead of just letting the landscaper say, oh, I'm just going to put chemicals down because that's what we did back then. You know, that was what we did.
0: Oh, yeah. When I worked for some of the commercial companies back in the old days, oh, my gosh, they, I was forced to spray a plum tree in a parking lot because there was honeydew falling. In yep. other words, it never was full, and only an idiot would have, pl- you <laughs> know, <laughs> you could, it just shined under the tree. and uh, But a uh, big guy came out to see how we were doing. I was running the crew out there, and uh, he said, hey, uh, there's this tree out there. I want to know, and it's full lady beetle larva. Just hang on. It'll be clear in no time. I was forced to go spray it.
1: Or I was – basically, I wasn't going to be the fourth person on that job right. anymore. Yeah, correct. And that's, that's how it was. was too with the bosses, you know, where it came down from the top of like you will use chemicals, you know. Yep. and uh, And when I moved up here from Nevada and started working for a company, I really didn't use too many chemicals in Nevada just because if you don't water anything, nothing grows kind of thing, you know. But yeah. up here – there's weeds everywhere. There's you know it's oh, yeah. a fantastic environment for things growing and moving and shaking and stuff. So I was the pesticide guy for the company. I moved up here, and that was never my envision when I got into yeah. horticulture was just being the guy going down and putting the casser on the surf land and the roundups and all yeah. those things. Where it's like, no, no, that's not horticulture. No. You know, that's 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 not horticulture. That's not fun. That isn't you know, fun either. Gardening is fun. Correct. Correct. But uh,
0: using all those things, you just you feel.
1: Creepy, and It and smells st- weird, you know. And then you see things happen out there like, you know, that doesn't look right. And, and it's like if it's a direct correlation to what we did, it's like then we don't feel good as gardeners. Well yeah. casserine
0: slowly but surely would just kind of start making everything kind of dwarf. And, Correct.
1: Well, <laughs> you, and, you know, know, a lot of those chemicals, too, they're killing off the soil m- microbes that we're trying to promote through healthy soils. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a constant inundation of all those kind of products and they're making the soil lifeless then the plants are showing that they're not doing well after that, and then people want to use more chemicals because yep. of that. So you're right, bad well, problem.
0: Uh, I, this was such an interesting conversation. <laughs> I forgot to watch the clock, <laughs> so Uh-oh. we got to take a break right away. We'll be right back. 97.3, 3 Cairo FM. Okay, and uh, here, hit that red button, Lad. Thanks. Here we and, go. Uh, so Lad Smith's here today with me, and uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, in harmony landscape, and but also just the whole getting started with uh, all these new ways we're doing things that are so good. I do want to tell you, though, that if you want to call in and be part of this conversation with any kind of garden question, because, you know, Lad Smith and his company, they deal with every kind of uh Every aspect of gardening there is, you know. So uh, we'll
1: say that <laughs> there's no way we could be stumped today. Oh, <laughs> no, you humanly saying? possible uh, ways. Now you so. just jinxed us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's one triple eight nine seven three Cairo one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. But uh, yeah, you know, I I remember in those days it was hard to get started. But one thing I've noticed where I see Gardens where they don't like spray the plants with uh full spectrum pesticide or Correct. anything, I see a lot of lady beetle larvae. I see, you know, a lot of ground beetles, spiders, you know, minute pirate bugs, you know, all these things
1: that are really beneficial or help it keep the problems at bay. And, you know, what, 90% of the insects are beneficial or benign, you know? And yeah. what we're thinking now, too, is that. We got to start thinking about all the pollinators. It's like not only yeah. are the beneficials, like we're going after insects, Boy. but we got to take care of the bees. We got to take care of all these other insects that really do a fantastic job of providing food for us because of what they're doing. They're uh, doing their work and stuff like that, but they're under a tremendous amount of pressure right now yeah. with uh, with the hive declines and stuff like that. And they, we still don't know what's going on. So really, it becomes. Uh, uh, an onus on top of us of, of being gardeners and working out there is like, what are we doing on a daily basis that making sure the pollinator is going to be okay?
0: And, and that's one of the things that's so fun about home gardening because that means you've got to plant a wide variety of really cool plants correct, that attract correct. those pollinators. And I've already learned in my veggie garden, I want you know a whole lot of plants that are going to attract pollinators, and blue is the bee's favorite color. So I did things, not know that oh, blue. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah.
1: Uh, blue's are number one i'm dressed in blue today
0: hey that's right you better watch <laughs> out bees may be all over you when you
1: leave i'm you okay know. with that i'm for the bees <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah i stick lavender in my garden and uh uh by doing that uh oh We're tracking the pollinators. Okay. yeah and we've awesome. got a call do we have time to get bob yet or should i wait oh i can't hear yet Okay, Bob, we're going to put you on right after break. But, yeah, so the more we can plant for the pollinators, that's a real concern now.
1: Correct. We're not going to have correct. anything to eat. Correct, correct. So it's like, again, it becomes part of our our work now as being gardeners or people of the environment. It's just like, what are we doing to take care of the pollinators and their environment and stuff? So You, you know where I'm seeing a lot of problems is growing fruit yeah you know it, it's Jeez. always been a challenge around here i think like, last couple of years when we've had really dry weather people had really nice fruit you know peaches i mean peaches around here and stuff like that yeah really don't get that but we had the heat this last summer since we had our like a regular kind of northwest thing very difficult for a lot of these um it, fruits to do that and these rust yeah like the rust heres that's
0: hard to yeah. beat that i pulled my pears out i just got frustrated and uh, apple bag like crazy. Yep. We bag enough trees, you know, enough for the apples. And I've been going with a plastic sandwich bags. We're careful to not, you know, to reuse them because uh-huh. I don't want to add tons of plastic right. to the waste stream or anything. But um, those really stopped the uh, maggot and the uh moth. Coddling moth. Yep. Hey, yep. we got to take a break. Okay. All right, so hey, we're going to take a break. Lad Smith is here with me from In Harmony Landscapes, and they've been doing a great job for 25 years. 25 year anniversary of uh, gardening in, in a sustainable manner. So, uh, and I really appreciate that. And there's other people out there doing yep. it now too. So, correct. Uh, you can look that up on the computer, say "sustainable landscaping help" or something, and you'll come up with some good ones. Right now, we're going to take a break, and we got lots of open lines. But, Bob, I'm going to stick you on 97.3 Cairo FM right when we come back after the news. Okay, we're back, and we're going to go right to university place and talk to Bob. Hey, Bob, what's going on over there? Well, Cisco, um, I have
2: got my lawn totally taken over by, I think it's called Creeping Charlie. Oh. It's like a vine. I've, I had my yard thatched, seeded, fertilized. It was going great, and then this Creeping Charlie took over. I've spent hours trying to pull it out, but its it's... That's really hard. You, where it's impossible.
0: Do you think did it escape from a container? That's where I see it most of the time. People have containers with beautiful container designs. Creep a Charlie, creep it down the side. It hits the ground. It takes off like an Olympic sprinter, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't have a real good answer for you on this. Uh, I'm hoping you do that.
1: <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think that. A lot of the, like you're saying, like the or- ornamental ground covers and stuff like that. So when we see um, Blue Star Creeper, Ajuga, Ch- Creeping Charlie, some of these other weeds. I mean, other these plants. Jenny. Yeah, exactly. Then they become weeds in a lawn because they've now outstepped their boundaries of being in a bed and stuff like that. There's some of the toughest weeds now in a lawn to get rid of and stuff so the only thing i would know is that you might have to do some research on a on a selective herbicide yeah, i'm afraid f- but that would be something to be very careful with
0: this is my fear about this i you know this is one time you may have to go with some kind of weed killer chemical Correct. because you know i i use vinegar to kill almost all weeds in my lawn and I'm really careful not mm-hmm. to let Creepy Charlie or any of those escape because I got a million containers. But I'm afraid you're going to probably be forced, like uh, Lad said, do some uh, definite research. And uh, you could put in the computer, you know, uh, Creepy Charlie in my lawn, what will kill it? And you're going to get lots of answers. So, you know, you might want to go through WSU or something. You're probably going to have to do a one-time, uh, real chemical weed control to get that out of there, because uh, you, you, you know, cause the problem with vinegar, it kills everything.
1: You hit it'll kill the grass. Well, plus it also, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, the, the vinegar will. It's fry the top half of the plant, but it's not doing anything to that root. So probably like when you had the lawn thatched and reseeded and everything, it still had root matter down there that was viable, that now it's got fertilizer and got water, and now it was happy, and now it becomes a dominant plant again. So yeah. it it's, almost takes something that's going to translocate down yeah, to the Yeah, something like
0: dicamba, I hate to say it. But Yikes. that's one of the things in those three-way weed and feed things, and it's not fun to use or having. I wouldn't let my dog out there for a month after I yeah. did something like that. But I'm afraid you're probably going to be forced to do that. And there are health concerns with these products, you know. So you want to be, you know, pretty careful how you – I'd probably hire someone to do it if it were me.
1: Okay. And depending on how big the lawn is, sometimes with renovations you can actually take a sod cutter and go right underneath a lot of that material and just removing, you know, physically some of the – uh, soil and plant material with it. But if you can get it deep enough where those roots aren't down there, then you can kind of start that's, over sometimes. That is
0: that is another option, yeah, but that's, start that's over. That's a lot of work for a big Oh, yeah. so, you know, sod cutters look easy,
1: <laughs> but
0: they're not. And uh, you got to go deep. You're going to have to set it at its deepest thing probably to do that. And then uh, you got to roll up that sod, get Take rid away. of it. It yeah. weighs a ton. Don't cut them too far because – When you roll up, you pick up that roll of sod, you're just like, oh, my God, it weighs a ton. But that is another option if, you know, if you were definitely someone who didn't want to use a chemical poison at their garden or anything, you could go an option like that.
2: At at this this point, I'm ready to uh, bring in the... uh Gophers
1: from Caddyshack. <laughs> whatever. My You're, favorite movie. And that's really what it comes down to for a lot of people. is like I'm at the point now, whatever it takes. You know oh yeah, I mean? there's
0: there's a point. <laughs> you know, but sometimes even Oh, go ahead. Even I'm at Seattle putting in new sod over the top
2: isn't gonna do anything. No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. That won't do a thing. And you know, at Seattle U we never used Roundup. At, at a certain point we stopped using it ever. But Occasionally, if we had a kind of quack grass or something that was in the that in an area where we wanted to do, we might use some of that to kill it before we dug the whole thing up and started a new landscape. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You hate it, but you're you have to do it because okay. otherwise you never beat some of these things, and they're, they just wreck your whole new
1: landscape. Yeah, and I think. And philosophy yeah. with IPM is that if there's a chemical being used, it's never the first resort, but it's also just – it's not the last step. You know what I mean? So if we're going to use something like that, then we got to do right. whatever we can after that to make sure the lawn's going to be healthy and healthy the plant doesn't come back and everything. Yeah. But, uh, move that container. <laughs> move the container or move to another house. <laughs> I didn't even have any. That's what I just – I just don't
2: huh. understand how it
0: got there. But huh. one other one – other That might have come in, in. I, I called – Okay. On what? It might have come in on, uh, you know, some mulch or something. It can happen. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's – yep, yep. Well, I called last year because I had uh, a uh, oak tree that was dropping thousands of nuts in my yard. Oh, I
0: remember I this. before, but
2: and, it's not, and so I figured – I never got rid of them, but this year I used bird netting and put it all over my yard in the back where the oak tree is. And so I'm just watching with delight as the nuts come down and they just land on this bird netting. And eventually, I'll just pull it and haul it away.
0: That's creative. But
2: I do have to dig out the nuts.
0: That is so creative. Because yep. mowing them didn't kill them then when you mowed them week no. after week. Not no. a, they don't have you give ever up. thought about
1: starting an, like an oak 10. tree uh, nursery? You're the one person (laughs) that probably wants squirrels in your garden, you know? (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, well, listen, that's creative. That's truly creative. And, um, you know, that's pretty cool that you're making that work. And it's probably frustrating to tweet a lot of the squirrels, too. They probably hate walking on that stuff, and uh, they can't bury them cuz you know tr- squirrels exactly. plant more trees than any other animal including humans on earth so <laughs> save the squirrels that's our new motto <laughs> there you go <laughs> well listen bob hey that's really cool that you're beating those squirrels i i hope everybody listened some other people tried that. but uh uh so I, hey um I to- good luck getting rid of that creepy charlie keep Thank me posted how it all goes okay
2: i i will do that And thank you so much.
0: All right, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Hey, so, so all you people out in uh, radio land, we have all open lines. So feel free to give us a call. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. One triple eight nine seven three Cairo. The good news is you won't have to wait. You'll. Get right in. So we're going to take a break. Lad Smith from In Harmony Landscapes here with me. We're talking about the old days and the new days. <laughs> Much better the new days. and uh, But we might, if nobody calls, we'll talk a little bit about uh, global warming because it's kind of scary for all of us. But uh, we'll see if we get a call. We'll take that. So right back, 97.3 Cairo FM. La La And I certainly appreciate your tuning in today to garden with Cisco, so it's a pretty nice day out there, I think we'll see when we walk out the door. <laughs> but, hey, uh, we got Jan on the line over in Linwood. Hi, Jan. Thanks for calling.
2: Hi, Cisco. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question is about old potting soil, old dirt that you have in you know in your uh, planter, and um if you're supposed to refresh your soil so it's healthy for your new plants, what do you do with the old stuff? Do you put it in your uh, put it in your flower beds or or what?
0: Well, we'll both answer this. Here's what I did at Seattle U. So we at Seattle U at one point we had 84 containers that we maintained on campus. So mm-hmm. some of them were huge, some were smaller. They they always asked me to put them in to stop traffic from going somewhere, you know. But all the gardeners (laughs) loved it because it's such a creative, fun process. I let them do their own, you know. And uh, so, uh, but uh, every year, all the annuals, there were a lot of annuals mixed in. Some were all perennials. We had, you know, sometimes we had specimen plants in the middle, like a conifer. And uh, sometimes Mm -hmm. we needed to either pull those out and replace them. They got too big, so we'd move them somewhere. So, a lot of almost every year, we had to pull a lot of plants out and put uh, new plants in. But so, what I had our gardeners do, and I had someone on the show that disputed this. So, I don't know, Lad, if you know about this, but what we did was we got quality compost. And we take about a third of the soil out of the container, bring, put in about a third of uh, good compost and mix it in as well as we possibly could into the container. Someone on the show said that they heard that uh, you can get some bad bacteria and funguses from compost if you do that. And they can become, you know, overwhelming in the pot. We
1: never had a problem like that. Yeah, and I've not heard that. You've never heard that either? Yeah. And I recommend just taking the old soil and either put it in your compost pile where it can kind of just be composted and then be put back in there. Or you, like you mentioned, you probably could put it in some flower beds, you know, just kind of spread it out, okay. pull back your mulch, put it down, put it on top of the – put the mulch back on top I've, of it. I've always like got a hole somewhere
0: that I haven't – I don't <laughs> have any soil to fill it in, you know. So, so that's not a bad thing to put that in that spot, you know, if you – If you need to, because I don't think I think as long as you know you're using mulches and things, so that's going to improve that soil right away. All those microorganisms are going to find their way in there. I would think
1: so too. Uh A couple worms,
0: (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. So, so you don't have to you don't have to throw it in the yard waste container or something like that. You can find somewhere to put it, but be careful. You know, don't. Don't put it too heavy over the roots like of rhododendrons or any shallow rooted plants because, you know, that they're used to a certain amount of air, and if you pile too much soil over those roots, you can get into trouble with that. But uh, otherwise, I don't see any problem just yep. sprinkling Spread it, it around. Yep. Reuse it. Yeah. Fantastic. And that, when, that's going to save you, you a lot thing. of money, Jan, because you don't have to, you know, take all the soil out of yeah. a container, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so
2: that's right that's right so you can buy more plants that
0: save
1: money
2: Did i bought a um uh salvia hot lips oh you and did the humming the hummingbirds just love it and what? i wanted to thank you for that recommendation
0: oh you're so welcome i love that plant i love the way the foliage smells i love that it's it grows so fast you know and uh the hummingbirds yeah. I almost have to wear a hard hat when I'm trying to cut off some of the flowers, you know. <laughs> and I counted how many flowers were on my uh salvia hot lips last August uh-huh. twelve billion nine hundred and eighty two. So I mean that's a lot of flowers. Why can't those hubby birds let me have a couple to show in my garden talks, you know? <laughs> (laughs)
2: That's a lot, but it's a beautiful plant.
0: Oh, it's a beautiful plant. So remember now, cut that back probably in April this year when you see lots of new growth near the base, go ahead and cut it to about four inches tall.
2: Oh wow.
0: Yeah, it'll come I'll do that. It'll come roaring back, it'll be four by four feet at least by the end of the summer. And you know what I love too? They bloom till after Thanksgiving if it doesn't get too cold. Yep, so nice. that keeps those yeah, Anna hummingbirds mine. happy till the winter bloomers mm-hmm. start to bloom, you know, so.
2: Yeah, mine's blooming away now.
0: Oh, too great. Well, hey, I'm glad you got one. It's a wonderful plant. It is. Hey, I sure appreciate your call.
2: Well, thank you. It's been fun talking to you.
0: Okay, Jan. I'll talk to you again sometime. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we only got a few minutes, so we, we can't take any more calls, but... uh Have you noticed global warming? Are you seeing effects that you think are from global
1: warming with your landscape company doing this sustainable landscaping? I think what we have seen is um, definitely the weather changes, like the last five years where we had more drought conditions than we were much used to during the summertime. And really, like for most – Northwesterners, Northwestern it was like perfect summers, right? I mean, you get yeah, you know, yeah. no rain, 80 good degrees tan. and stuff. Yeah, good tan, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's not normal for us. And so no. our plants weren't used to it. And now since we had like five years, there was even an article written recently where, you know, large mature plants like uh, Western hemlocks, big leaf maples, yep. um, those kind of plants are struggling because of not having enough moisture. So even mature plants we're seeing, and, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit earlier in the break about, you know, Plan Amnesty and Cass and uh, her being an advocate for trees and stuff. But really, nowadays, we all have to be advocates for trees because they really can be a saving force for whatever changes the climate might be throwing yeah. at us. We need to have trees and. Uh, they grab pollution, they do everything. Correct. And, uh, but we got to water them. And that's the, that, thank you very much. That's the point is that even mature plants have to be watered through our summers right now if we're going to be. Uh, uh, having these trees stick around for a long time and do what they want to do, so it really becomes part of our gardening practices again. That we have to take care of these plants, and moisture is one of the number of things, number one things they need. Yeah,
0: the you know, and it's
1: it, boy that the, the other one, birches. Yeah, oh the,
0: man, are they getting hammered? That huh? bore,
1: you know, and yeah. even birches that have pretty good water supply and stuff like that are still very susceptible. There's, and there's so many of those boars out there, fact. Correct. You know, I think probably because of the amount of birches that they've been able to attack and be yep, able to populate. Um, builds up populate. population. Exactly.
0: You know, and, and it is interesting that, um, you know, there are insects, their job is to take trees out when they're in stress. Correct. So, you know, a lot of times it's not the boring insect that's really causing all the trouble in your garden. It's, it's an unhealthy that, plant. Uh,
1: stress tree. Correct. Correct. So, if we can water those plants, then they're not picking up on it, but those insects pick up on those vibrations. Yep. yep.
0: Well, okay. Thank you so much, Francisco. Great time. It's been really great having you on today. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. In Harmony Landscape, you're doing good. You too. All right. (laughs) Brian, as always, thank you so much. Such a great show today. All right, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for your calls. Hey, we'll see you all next week. Keep eating those Brussels sprouts. Bye.